We hold in Avas, the Mishnah of Avtayan, and we saw already last time the danger of when a person mistakes or, or either by mistake or even on purpose misrepresents what someone says and it causes the Chilul Hashem. But then people blame the Tzadik, the Talmud Chachem, for what's said in his name, and if it's not true, it's going to cause people to make mistakes, it's going to mislead people. And that's why Athan tells us his horrible divrech. Be careful with what you say, that shouldn't be the case. And the question we would have put is, is if the teacher says something wrong and people make a mistake, so then it's understand why you're blaming him for that. But if the teacher is saying nothing wrong, but people have an interest in trying to twist what he said to correct his meaning, so what's he meant to do to prevent that happening? Also, as we saw in the Mishnah, Abhutan doesn't say directly. Chachamim, uh, be careful if you get mis- mistaken or misinterpreted. He says, be careful that in case you and you go to a place of Mayim Rhyme. And then the Talmudim who come to a place of Mayim Rhyme are going to drink and they're going to die. And we were medaic that it wasn't the Talmudim who were the Mayim Rhyme. There was a place of Mayim Rhyme, but the students going there are going to get affected by those Mayim Rhyme. What does it mean? So let's see the morale inside, how he explains it. And he says, What should the person not do? Or what should the say? If a person is careful about it. The Lamim shouldn't catch you on what you said. And then the students who aren't proper will learn from that. And they'll base what they want to say, which is wrong, on the sayings of an Edel Gadol, of a great man, which will be misleading. And that will cause a Chidol Hashem. So what's the analogy that the Mishnah gives? In case you're not able to get the goddess for Tigdu Lamaka Mayim Rome, and you'll be exiled to a place of bad water, the Taylor Dabba Goddess Tafka, what's it got to do with going into goddess? It's going to happen anyway. He belies there. And Roy Lahoshiv, the fun of Klaat Tamich, and Akashim Hogan. Really, the first responsibility of the teacher is to make sure that the Tamidim, he accepts as Tamidim, are all worthy of being Tamidim, they're proper, they're called the Togon. And. When a person will do that, then you run into the problem of Talmudim who have the title of not being worthy. But that's if a person is in his hometown and he knows the people. If a person goes into Golos, and he goes to a place where there is Mayim Rome, and Golos doesn't recognize people, also, he might not be able to choose as much. In God, who he wants to teach and he doesn't want to teach. If a person would have been a place where the Tamil aren't correct, and therefore, because of those Tamil who call Ainamuhagonim, the Chacham must be that much more careful of what he says. So, we've seen this term come up a number of times in the words of the Maral, 
There's something called a Talmud Sha'ene Hogan. A Talmud is not correct, it's not proper. What does that mean? What are we referring to? So there's two kinds of mistakes people can make. One mistake is a person misunderstood or didn't understand properly what the Rav said, and I can lead to mistakes. I can lead to mistakes in the context of a person thinks he's saying here doing what he was told to do, thinks he's doing right, but really he's doing wrong. There's a bigger mistake, and that is a mistake of somebody who has a certain existing agenda. What he holds, and he's looking into what the Rav says just as a way to, so to speak, prove or further his own agenda. And someone like that isn't listening because that's what, he, what the Rav says and what he wants uh, to understand what the Rav said. It's more like he's looking to try and force his agenda somehow into what the words the Rav said. Again, I can only go back to the story I heard from Augustine about Ravidyashiv, which proves this point as well. And there was a certain group of people that were trying to promote uh, to the Arabim that there's the importance of saying Keteris every day, but from a parchment, from a clef, written as one would write it in the Zephyr And of course, it's expensive, and these people wanted to market clef Keterises, and they wanted uh, backing that it's important to say to say Keteris in a clef every day. So, to look for back, and one of the Rabbanim they went to was Rabbi Yashiv. And the conversation they had with Rabbi Yashiv was, does the Rav think it's important to say Ketaris every day? And the Rav said, uh, it's important to Daven. So they said, yes, but what about Ketaris? They said, everything in Daven is important. So they said, yes, but what about Ketaris? So he said, uh, Brachas is important, and Tamir is important, it's all important, everything they said is important. And as far as they could, they couldn't get Rabbi Yashiv to say the word Kateris. He agreed it was important, he agreed everything's important, the Daven's important. And uh, for the, why? Because he's scared of the same thing. That if he would just, if he would have said anything about Kateris, then they would say it. Rabbi Yashiv held that it's important to say Kateris, which he held it was. But there was a big difference between saying Kateris because it's part of Davening, like everything else which is part of Davening, or making a special scholar out of saying Kateris from the class. So when a person knows they're talking to somebody that has an agenda, that has a, a the result they want the conversation to bring to, that's the concept of someone who's ain't a hogan. He's not, a hogan is proper, correct, even we could say fair, the person's not like that. He's, has his, what he wants to prove, he was, he has the mindset he wants to uh, come out with, and then the rabbis is so much more careful that nothing he says can be misconstrued or used to promote such an agenda, obviously, the best idea is not to have somebody like that. If a person knows that he's a Talmud, has a very specific agenda in mind, so then, I mean, that's all we told. The person should always choose a Talmudim to make sure there aren't Talmudim who aren't who got him. And that's when he's talking about small things. Kavachim, if you're talking about an area of a Talmud, is a Hogan because it's touching Yikara So a person who knows that uh, he has Talmudim who are influenced by various wrong hashkafas, so as you get such Talmudim, because all they're going to try and do is try to read into his words as same wrong hashkafas, and he's going to be considered to be uh, part of that that uh, movement, that cult, that ideology, because 
the students are claiming that they learned from him, and this is what the students are like. And that's what you talk about the Mokka Mayim Rhyme. Just a bit of background to the historical context of Shmai Naftalian. Shmai Naftalian, we know, lived. They were the, the Dar where they lived at the time after Yanai Amelech. Yanai Amelech lived in the time of Shemim ben Shetach. And the following Dar was the Dar of Shmai Naftalian. And the political situation at the time was an internal struggle between two of the great grandsons of the Choshmanai. Hercules and Yechon and Nostabulus. And as you can see from the names already, neither of them lived up to the illustrious level of their ancestors. Both of them had been influenced by the Greeks. And this is something which maybe isn't as well known, that Greek culture affected a lot of Jews. Maybe the Greek persecution ended after the Hanukkah story, but the culture of Greece still was very pervasive and managed to ensnare a lot of people. We call them Messiavnim, didn't stop after the Hanukkahs. That continues. And uh, it even affected the grandchildren of the Hashemunayim themselves. They also became Messiavnim. They also got uh, pulled in by the allure of Greek culture. That was the spiritual malaise of the time, and it was incredibly powerful. And when a person knows that there's that anti-terror uh, a sentiment which is so widespread, that's what's even more important for a person to have Talmudim Mugogonim. Talmudim who correct, because if a person's students join, so to speak, the side of the Ebrei area, then people are going to point to that, that you see the Rebbe Hall obviously was approved such a, such a point of view, such an opinion. That's the Mokka Maim Rhyme. A Mokamayim Rome is a place which is influenced by something negative. Some wrong hashkafa, some negative way of doing things. And when a person finds himself in a Mokamayim Rome, he has to be even more careful. Because since uh, just by identifying with the place makes it, makes it look like that there's certain, a certain amount of acceptance of the place, so then people could see in the fact that they're of was in this Mokamayim Rome and uh, taught the people in the Mokamayim Rome, maybe he also holds the shittas of these people. And that's already something which that's already something which can be misleading and can cause a khidalashim. If you want a more recent example, maybe what's plaguing the world today isn't uh, Greek culture, but there were other things more similar. For example, in Europe, before the war, when the Haskara or the Reform or whatever other names they gave themselves was a very powerful drive which was t- putting many people away from the Torah. So then there also, if a, a Rav, a mainstream Rav or Rosh Hashiva would have started teaching students who were Reform, so then people would have started to say, he's accepting the Reform. You see, his own students became like that. And if you would teach them in a way where they would be able to see yeah, whatever tenuous connection is to their opinions based on what he said, there will be also as well. Just like it's also to teach Torah to Goyim because they can misuse it. So the same thing over here, teaching people who ain't who aren't who aren't correct, who aren't proper. They already have been influenced by the Mayim Rhyme. They've already been corrupted, so to speak, by whatever the Yetzirah of the time is. So the person has to be careful that he's not going to cause a Chilul Hashem by trying to teach those people.
And that's why we see that Ramesha finds the nice mischievous by just interacting with, so to speak, other, what they call streams of Yiddishkeit. It's already Yechel Hashem, which has some acceptance of them. Kavachoyma to teach in their schools, Kavachoyma to give a haskama to even an individual like that, because it's going to cause the Chil Hashem that's being spoken about here. So if a person's in his hometown, then of course, every Talmud should be carefully checked. Every Talmud should be carefully checked to such that he's somebody who is a Hogun, which means he's willing to accept from the Rav and he doesn't have a, an existing mindset, an existing ideology he's trying to promote. Obviously, that doesn't apply to everybody who might hear one person's share. It doesn't call, make him sound like his Talmud. We're talking about cases where someone was known as the Talmud of a certain Rav, and therefore, it would at least need to doubt about the Rav's views if they see that the Talmud is very different. It's been said, I don't have an inside quote for it, but I've heard this quote, and that is that even the, at the very beginning of the reform movement, when the person who started it espoused the shit that outside one should act more like the Gitlagoim, and inside be more like a Jew, the person himself was a Tamil Chacham, to some degree. And it was said that the way you can prove if something is correct or non-correct is look at the students. Look at the students and see how the students come out. Because if the students uh, come out in a way which you can see that uh, there's a very big difference from what people are meant to be, so we can assume this is something to do with the influence that they receive from the Rebbe. And if there is such a mindset, then uh, a Rebbe who is a real tzaddik has to be careful of students who could be a, a source of Chil Hashem when, when the students' actions are going to make it seem like there's something wrong with the way the Rebbe taught. And we see this in the Gemara. When the Gemara talks about somebody who causes a Kedosh Hashem, so it's Ashri Aviv Shalim Deutera and Ashri Rabbi Shalim Deutera. We give praise to his father, to his teachers. Whereas if it's someone learned Torah and acts in a way which is not appropriate, so we say, Oy the Rabbi Shalim Deutera. Oy the Aviv Shalim Deutera. Here it's used to the detriment. That's the importance of not to, not to teach Talmudim who could be a source of mikshal or a source of spiritual embarrassment to a person. And the second point is that even if a person is in godless, he has to be more careful that anything he says isn't going to be used by the place of Mayim Rome, by the place of people who have corrupted, polluted their way of thinking as a support for what they do. So the moral carries on, and he says inside, we're not talking about Tamilim that are bad, rather we're saying like Pirish. What it means is, it's two steps. A person teaches Tamilim Shainam Mughanim, they're going to twist or distort what the Rav said, and now they're already at Askas. They already uh, have embarked on the wrong course in that. But other people who learn from them will assume that this is the opinion that they are quoting in the name of their Rav and it will cause that second group of students to, to, to stray as well. 
ואם לא יהיה לו, את ההוא נוגן תקונס בבד יש גם כן תלמידים מאורגנים, בבד יהיה בית לתלמידים שאין להם אורגנים, שהם האמירות. That's another point. That is in a case where what's taught is taught to everybody, and there are enough people who would have heard what the Rav said, and would be able to testify to what his true meaning was. So even if you have a certain Talmud Sha'ani Hogan, who's going to try and misrepresent it, but there are enough people to disagree, that wasn't what he meant. Whereas in a place where it's the place of Ma'im Ra'im, and that's why all the Talmudim are like that, so in a case like that, then it's going to be accepted by all of them to distort what was said. That's a place where everyone's like this, the place of Ma'im Ra'im, the ancient Talmudim who are going. There aren't the good Talmudim who are going to explain what the Rav meant. We know you in his home with Ibrahim, Yishtal Talmudim Abayim Acharehim, then the Talmudim will drink, or Pirish Yishtal Talmudim Abayim Acharehim, Hema Talmudim Hoganim, that's even well-meaning Talmudim, Sheyishtal Talmudim Arayim, Dira Talmudim Sheyishtal Talmudim They're going to drink from the Mayim Arayim, which means from the Talmudim in between, who aren't doing the right thing, which we call the Mayim Arayim, they polluted the waters of the teacher, and now what they're giving over now is a corrupt the teaching of the teacher. That's not the teacher's, so to speak, responsibility. They've already decided to do the wrong thing. The responsibility is that they aren't able to misuse what he said to influence other people wrong. If you want a very famous, a historical example of this, which was a tremendous tragedy for Klai Yisrael, was the story of Shaltai Tzvi. Shaltai Tzvi lived in generations after the Arizal, when the spread of Kabbalah was still very, very limited. It was something that the Jewish world knew about, but didn't have access to. It wasn't taught by Rabbi, not by Arizal himself, not by this Talmud of Chaim Vital. And so there was a tremendous interest in knowing this Torah, but there wasn't so much accessibility to it. And then comes along someone who claims that he knows Kabbalah, who claims that he's able to use Kabbalah. He obviously had some information, some knowledge, but he utilizes that to sort of present that what he's saying is Kabbalah, that's what the Torah's MS is. Even though it was bad to him, it was just a cynical way of trying to promote himself and eventually even crown himself as the Mashiach. But what it achieved in, so he was wrong, obviously, and he misled a lot of people. But the damage it caused is that for many people, they understood that Kabbalah was something bad. That was something to avoid. And that, that was because he being a Tamit Hagun, convinced future Darius of something incorrect. And that's, that's what caused the Chilul Hashem to the second door. That's the, you said, the first you said the morale says. Now in that particular case, the Eitzah which is suggested might not have worked. But the Eitzah is therefore that should always be Tamidim Mohagonim. That a person shouldn't teach altogether Tamidim Shainim Mohagonim. And if he's in a new place and is unaware of the motives or identities of the students, so make sure they always tell me to run him as well. They will ac- ac- act accurately 
convey what the teacher taught and disagree with those who try and uh, say other things in the teacher's name. Now the Maran brings up a second point as well. Which means the goddess goddess on you, the individual, so one's Torah goes into goddess as well. The, the places where the Torah is going to go to, a goddess of the Torah is considered just like a person can be exiled, Torah can be exiled too. And that's the second point in the mission. What's the idea of the Torah going into Goddess? So really it's something which is a topic very very central to the concept of the three weeks. We normally talk about the Torah as being able to protect us, the Torah is a source of all Kaddish where no rock can reach. And the Quran today is, if a person is learning Torah, so then they're in a place, in a stage where the Ra can't touch them. Now with that in mind, let's look at the Gemara. The Gemara tells us about Rav Khalil ibn Daisa, who was gathering people publicly to learn Torah, in open defiance of the Roman's degree. And the Gesimah Kismah calls him in. And he says, didn't you know that Umar Zum and Hashemayim Himlichu? This nation was given its Malchus from Hashem. And Rechadim Abedaisa's answer is, Neshamayim Yerachamu. Okay, I'm teaching Torah. That's a source of Rechamim. Rabbi Yisman Kisim doesn't like that answer. He says, Ani Amelechad Varm Shaltan. Atoim Yashamayim Yerachamu. Tameyanim, La Yitzra for Oyscha, Vesit Seve Torah Shemesh. We don't burn you together with the Torah in fire. So what was wrong about Rechadim Abedaisa's approach? Rechadim is Torah. So then why isn't Torah protected? So the Yisrael I heard from Amash Shapiro's Echayin Ha'ibracha was that what Yisrael Kisnu was saying is just like this nation was given the ability, so to speak, to destroy the Basel Mikdash. Same thing. They were given an ability in Shemayim to put the Jewish people in Godless. They were given the ability in Shemayim to put the Torah in Godless too. And the Torah and Godless means that, firstly, it's going to the non-Jews who put the Torah into Godless are going to try and falsify the Torah. And secondly, then the Torah doesn't have the strength that normally has to protect the person. And we see both. We see that originally, when the non-Jews were able to translate the Torah first into Greek, but later into other languages, so then they looked for every opportunity to try and disprove the Torah, so to speak. But how could it happen? How could it be that they could take our Torah and, so to speak, call it their own? Which is the second stage. Maybe now the Christians, they accept as the basis of whatever they added to their, their, their canonical writing, so to speak, they took our Torah. That's part of the goddess of the Torah. Part of the goddess of the Torah is that Kiru the Goyim can try and take it as well. And distort it and, and claim in its name things which aren't true. That applies to the Torah as a whole. And what the Maral is saying here is that every individual 
if they if there's a chi of goddess on the person, then there becomes a possibility of goddess of their Torah too. And what does goddess of their Torah mean? It means it's going to fall into the hands of the main Rome, like we said before, and get misused. That's the combination between the two. And similarly to the first part, that when Israel were deemed bad enough that they needed to be punished with going to Goddess, so then we made it the Torah went to Goddess also. Not just the Torah as individual, but the Torah as, a, as something which can have an influence in protecting Israel, saving Israel, once the Goddess was gone to do it anymore. That's the concept of when a person's high of goddess, his terror is high of goddess too. And therefore, the Maral's explanation of the Mishnah, according to this chapter, isn't specifically the words they're going to say of terror, which are going to fall into the wrong hands. Because that's something which, that's something which, if there is an ability of Rishon to get hold of his terror, and you misuse it, then you can do better. But rather, it's horrible to break him is that Shema Tukhoi Chaybas goes. And that is, a person to be careful when he says, so that you shouldn't be in that category of someone who's high in Chaybas Goddess. And that will cause the progression of them going to Makamayim Rahim and the Torah going there as well. But still, there's more explanation. What about the Torah can go into Goddess? Torah is something spiritual, something holy. What does it mean even? This is the Yisad. Torah which is learnt with Torah. Torah which is learnt by a person who is on a high level of Kedusha and Torah. So that Torah is created in a certain sense, in a way which is above and beyond anything which the Torah can touch. But when a person is himself in the level of Tumah, and himself doing things wrong, then... But to some extent, the Torah he learned isn't on that same level. It's been, to some extent, been made Tomei by the Tomei person who's teaching it or who's learning it. And again, it's the Moshe of the Acharyim. They say, imagine I have a spring of crystal clean, sparkling water. If I take a clean cup and I lower it into the water, I'll get a cup full of the same sparkling crystal clean water. Before I have in me, is a muddy cup. So I put in the water to fill it up, I'm going to get muddy water. Not because there's something wrong with the water, there's something wrong with the cup. And it's the same here. If a person isn't living on a high enough level, if he's living a life of Avera or a life of Tumah, so then that influence, that's like he's now the clean who's holding the Torah. And if he's a muddy clean, then it's not going to be clean Torah which is inside of him. And by enabling, so to speak, a koyach of Ra to settle on the Torah, that's really enabling a Torah to go into Goddess. It's no longer something which is completely Kaddish from its source. It's something which could be which could be utilized against the Torah. But it starts from that point that the Torah itself isn't on a high enough level to prevent that taking place. And there will be another reading called the morale, the first part of the Mishnah. is horrible to then you should make sure that you haven't done anything wrong. Because that's going to affect the Torah you learn. And if that's the case, it's not that the Torah won't protect you, but it can cause a chilol Hashem as well. Because that same Torah, when it's going to be misused by the Mayim Rhyme, 
So let's go to the course of Chedal Hashem. Those are the two sides of the mission. The people should be careful what they say. Firstly, people should be careful what they, who they teach. Even in the first time where a person is a goddess and he can't choose the students, you should ensure that the other students there who hear the right thing and should be so clear that as much as possible that it's not giving them the ability to make the mistake. And lastly, the fact that the, the terror of a person, so to speak, lines up with the person. And therefore, it's horrible to break him that you're learning of Torah on a high enough level that it shouldn't be something which is going to get uh, attacked or made, made to go into Godless by the guy. The question you obviously have to answer is Khalil ibn Daisa, Rajan. Of course, his Torah was on a very high level. And his Torah wouldn't be affected because of something he had done wrong. But rather, what the Yerushalayim Kisim was telling him was it was a din of the Torah of the Dark. Maybe if he'd be learning on the privacy of his own home. So maybe then his Torah would have been judged as his individual Torah. But once he was teaching Barabim, so then the Torah he's teaching becomes something which is influenced by the level of the Torah of the Dar. And if it was a Dar with Kaishul Chayav Goddess, and the Torah was Chayav Goddess too, then what Yosef Ben Kisim is saying to him is that the Torah you're teaching Barabim doesn't have the ability to protect you. Because in the Torah, it's also gone into Goddess. There's something missing in the ter- level of the Torah. It's not being in the Ruchni place it's meant to be, so it can't protect. And at the same time, Chas can be misused.